This podcast has been brought to you by The Corja Mayo Are Back. It features some mild language throughout and should not be listened to by anyone. Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. Howie lads, Con Mort here. Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here. Mayo are back. Mayo are fucking back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. They're back. Mayo are back. Hello and how do, folks? Mayo are back. And that means Mayo are back are back as well. You're joined today with myself, TJ, and of course my old accomplice, my partner in crime, Fat Larry. How do, Fat Larry? Good afternoon to you, TJ. How are things? And good afternoon to all the listeners at home, wherever we may find you. I hope you're all keeping well. It's good to be back after such a a long break. And it's a lovely position to be in, for us today anyways, because it's hard to know whether to be thrilled or absolutely furious with the way the season is going. So I think it gives us a lot of scope for, you know, a lot of shit talk. So I'm personally very excited to be here. That's brilliant. And there will be a lot of shit talk today. And there is a wide range of scope between, as you said, Fat Larry, being absolutely brilliant and the strongest force in Connacht. And then on the other side of the coin, being absolutely woeful. So we're going to get into that meat in great detail over the course of this podcast. We will, of course, start with something we've been looking forward to talking about for quite some time. And that is Mayo absolutely hammering Galway in their own backyard. This was beautiful for any inbred the length and breadth of the world let alone Mayo they would have been delighted seeing this performance absolutely TJ and I think the only shame in it, of it all really was that you know the the hay barn in Tume Stadium wasn't packed to the rafters with half bakes you know inbreds not wells you know you can only imagine how excited they would have been in the stands if that was to be the case but it wasn't to be, and it's a you know a strange world that we're living in. Now, hang on there. Can I put this counter-argument to you before you get into your rhythm there? I want to say this to you. There was no fans in the stand. Had there been fans in the stands, do you think there was any possible chance of the Mayo team playing that well? It's an excellent question, and it's a point that's been made quite widely over the last couple of weeks. And you know what? It's definitely something that could work out in our favour going forward because, like as we all know, in these times of COVID-19 and Mayo fever, you know, it's hard for that not to get inside the players' heads and to affect them, you know. And particularly these younger guys, you know, they're they're more used to, you know, this virtual world, the, you know, TikTok and Instagram, this kind of stuff. So they know the fans are there, you know, strumming themselves from a distance and, you know, they're just happy to put on a show. So, you know what, it could work out well for us. I was delighted for them. I didn't see any of the lads on the pitch, you know, you know when that Mayo roar would get against their own team and start, you know, really chastising players for poor bits of play. And you'd see the lads on the field, you'd see their heads drop a little bit based on the crowd roaring and shouting at them. There was none of that whatsoever. So I suppose it was definitely a positive for us. And I suppose maybe this is something we've ignored in the past. We've always been very quick to finger and to point the finger at the likes of Mangement, James Hornan, et al., the likes of the players, the likes of the corrupt Cunty Broad, But I suppose what I learned from this first league game is that really the fans have been at fault all along. As in, the fans were the ones that started the brawl against Mm Meath. The fans caused the ball to hop over the bar against Kerry. 
and the fans scored two own goals in the All-Ireland drawn final in 2016. Absolutely, and it, look, listen, it can't be good for the players, you know, the the level of anxiety and fear that you can just sense from the terraces, you know, particularly in Crow Park, but also in, in recent years, you know, Elvery's McHale Park has been a place that we simply cannot seem to buy a win at this stage, you know, it, it can't be good for the players, you know, it, as you said at the top of the show there, it's 69 long, hard, difficult years since we last climbed the steps, you know, and that kind of feeds into people's mindset as well. And, you know, I think that pressure might be off a little bit and, you know, it might allow our players, you know, to kind of let their hair down, you know, and just kind of express themselves in whatever which way they see fit. And, you know, who knows, come December, we might be heading up the steps in an empty Park. Obviously, of course, that won't go down well with someone like our captain Aidan O'Shea, but if we get Sam, I don't think anyone will be complaining. Look at empty, full, whatever which way, I think we'll be glad to get it. As you mentioned, the famous 69, the 69 years of pain that we've endured. The old prophecy that we go by here at Mayor Back says that the next 69 years will be filled with pleasure. And hopefully that pleasure is going to come on the 19th of December for Mayo fans all over the globe. Now, one of the things that gave me personally great pleasure during that Galway game was the reintroduction of Aidan O'Shea at full forward. This is something we've been calling for for a very long time. And this is something, of course, that the visionaries, Homeli, first put into practice Mm -hmm. in 2015. Since 2015, he's been playing at full back, centre back, out around the middle of the field. Waste of time, folks. He's a big man. He needs to be on the edge of the square and we need to lump aimless, aimlessly high balls in on top of them. Absolutely. It's the only way. And I think one of the, the things that was thrown against Romelli was, you know, as you said there, a lot of aimless ball, a lot of, uh, you know, no plan, I think a lot of people had said at the time. But if you look at the players that James Horan has put together here now, your guys like, you know, your Mark Mourns and your Ryan O'Donoghue's and your Tommy Cumways, you know, these guys... They can get on the ball, they can pick a pass, they can, you know, they can put good ball in on top of big Aiden, you know, and as you said, he's a fine big guy, large fella, you know, he's going to, he loves a bit of rough and tumble in there and, you know, it could work out well. A strapping big guy, fabulous, but surrounded by these young guys and these young guys, you know, I think listeners will agree with me when I say these guys are fit in every sense of the word. Oh yeah. They're fit, they're fabulous, they've got flowing locks of hair. The likes of, you're talking about your Oshin Mugginses, your Mark Mernans, these sort of characters. I don't know, It's it's been a while since I was able to get off so much watching a Mayo game. But this Galway game was just, it was everything I was dreaming of and much, much more. It's very clear from watching these guys play. 69, these guys aren't going to fear it. It's something that they're well used to. Now, granted, it's a little bit different what they're doing this time. They're... You know, they're looking to end the 69-year uh, curse, whereas usually they'd be trying a different type. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, these guys are, you know, they're confident, they're highly adaptable, and, you know, they've got the talent, they've got the raw materials, and it's just whether now they can go the, you know, the next step. But as you said, Aiden has got way too much confidence, so hopefully he, you know, maybe gives a bit of that off to some of these younger guys and who knows, maybe they might be more equipped to, you know, perform in a final maybe against Dublin. 
Yes, that's true. Now, before we get off this topic, I suppose we should use this opportunity to really put the boot into any Galway fans that might possibly be listening to this or whatever which way. I mean, from their perspective, what an absolute shit show that was. They really, they lacked spunk, they lacked balls, jizz, whatever else. The whole lot. The whole lot was gone. And I was quite surprised that, you know, after they went to extreme lengths to get former coach of Colorado FC, Jimmy McGuinness, to come on board with them. And apparently that under-eight hand-passing drill that he was doing with them a week out before the game just didn't give them enough on the day. So And executed quite poorly as well from the video, if anyone did get to see it. There was a lot of drop balls, a lot of mistakes. And really, it was it was no surprise really, based on the video, that Galway were so poor on the day. They looked like a junior B team at 10 o'clock training on a Sunday morning, you know, when half the lads have been mm. out having a good skip of pints the night before and dropping balls and schlobbering and... Yeah, they were absolutely terrible. And that was so refreshing and so nice to see because there's been a lot of chat, a lot of little murmurings. Oh, poor Joyce, great manager. Shane Walsh, Comer, these fellas. They've got the best forwards in the land. And, you know, it was nice to see Mayo put them to the fist and to see Galway on the receiving end of a fisting like that hasn't been seen since back in 2013 or whenever the last great rimming was. One good thing to come from it, though, I suppose, and... I would plead to him in particular if he is listening to the programme, our good friend and um, relation of mine, young Robert Finnerty, had a great game in the corner for Galway. And you know what? It's not too late, Robert. We, we'll always find you know space for the co- uh, corner forward, particularly you know a relation of the great fat Larry Finnerty. So listen, if Galway isn't going well, we'll take you back any day. So if you're That's listening... That's fat Larry Finnerty that played with Mayo. Of course. And he's no connection to your good self. No. Absolutely not. I wish I was. God. Now, when you see young Finnerty playing there for Galway, and you see another good fan and friend and dear, dear friend of the podcast, I suppose you'd say, Paddy O'Malley, he's playing in goal for Roscommon. I have a good insider telling me we have another boy playing up on the Sligo team at the moment. It's great to see that the other teams around Connacht, they're bringing through the players, so we don't have to. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wait for these guys to get to 25, 26, 27 years of age, prime years, draft them back in. And, you know, we'll be able to use it to our advantage as well. Let's say there's a high ball goes in on Paddy O'Malley and Mayo are playing Roscommon. I think he'd be giving the nod to the Mayo man. It's great to have a man on the inside in each camp. Well, I think it's it's amazing to think that we have one of the biggest inbreds we know, you know, who's actually now a man in the, the sticks for our biggest rival. And, you know, based on the performance that Galway showed, I think definitely we should be fearing Roscommon an awful lot more than Galway. Now, we've kind of got, I suppose, all of the goodwill and positivity out of the way there at this stage. And now it's time to talk about the game against Tyrone. And as you said, Fat Larry, our subsequent relegation to Division 2. First time in a quarter of a century. I remember it well the last time we were in Division 2. It was, you know, back in the days where lads would be having a few smokes before they go out and play the game. And Mm -hmm. everyone would meet up for a few pints afterwards. And I hope that's the same mentality that's brought forward next year, COVID permitting. Well, one thing that James Horan is very fond of, and I think we can't really forget about it either, is his fondness for lining out a team and going out playing a game of football without a full back line. Like, we're not even talking a full back here. We're actually talking about a lack of a two, three and a four. Because there were stages in that game the last day where we didn't seem to have any of them. You know, and I think, I hope that Horan, you know, would, in his time, maybe, you know, take maybe a play from the Homeli playbook and you know even the Rachi playbook as well who you know 
obviously employed the big sweeper, you know, Homeli was always quick to adapt, you know, and bring in Barry Moore and there onto the edge of the square. So I hope for his own sake now he's not getting too carried away by the win over Galway. And, you know, Leitrim are waiting in the long grass as well coming up at the weekend. You know, they're not a team that are going to be rolled over too easy, do you know? Well, look, Leitrim, talk about them rolling over all you want. You know, whether they're going to roll over or bend over, whatever is going to happen at the weekend is going to happen. But this idea of, you know, dropping the full back line, I'd say you could go one step further with it. Is there a real need for midfielders or forwards, in a sense? You know, if I was in James Horn's boots, which I do hope to be at some stage... I would, you know, possibly go for that suggestion of playing the one goalie and then playing 14 half-backs. Because we seem to have the depth when you've got young fellas like Owen McLaughlin coming through. I'm even thinking of some of the great half-backs that aren't even on the panel. And I'll quote a dear friend of the podcast there, Michael Hall, and another one, Eddie Score and Doran. These are guys who have, in my mind, slipped through James Horan's crack. And I think he mm. needs to reassess that situation, readdress himself, reassert himself. And, you know, if he wants this... Free flow and gender neutral, fluid attacking half back line fisting football. I think we need to commit to it fully. Absolutely, and you mentioned half backs there. Like before we even start talking about half backs, you could pick a fantastic bunch from just inbreds alone, as you said, Mikey Hall. You've got guys like, you know, Big Seamus Kniff. You know, you've guys like Siobhan Akram. You know, these guys, as you said, who just seem to have fallen off the edge a small bit. You know, and hopefully there's a place for these guys, and Horn will see sense because you know. You'd, you'd hate to think after all the shite he blew about himself while he was away and up above you know making nice pay packet off sky sports you know that he wouldn't have learned a lesson you know from his previous mistakes you know but i think all we're looking for is that they'll actually try and go out and defend because i mean the last day fair juice to the lad you know it's very hard to find any fault in what tommy conroy is doing for mayo at the minute but at one point the last day he was actually Mayo's full back or the furthest man back which I find very hard to believe you know so hopefully there's a plan but I'm sure he'll have something in that nice hat of his I think there was mixed messages and we should also mention that nice snood of his that he's been rocking this year you know keeping safe and also looking fashionable and stylish it's what we love to see from our manger what we don't love to see is a defensive system and plan that's just been, it's a mismatch. You know, half of the players were listening to James Horan, half of the players seem to be listening to Neffet and the government's mm-hmm. advice about social distancing because I could see at least two metres between the Mayo defenders and the Tyrone attackers at almost all times. Sure, that's how Peter Canavan's 12-year-old son was able to score 1-1. And even we'll say this guy uh, that came back from Australia, as it were, he was able to employ an Aussie-style fisting approach, free-flowing football, without having a glove really laid on him. And I thought that was disappointing. You know, is there anyone that we could possibly recoup there from Australia? Pierce Hanley, perhaps. I hear he's coming to the end of his career with the Brisbane the Brisbane Lions. So, you know, I'd be the first here to be saying things like the people we have on our own panel aren't good enough and that we should be looking to different sports, different countries, different nationalities or whatever which way. I, I'd hold my hand up and say I'd do anything to have him back. That's a fair point you make because, you know, Donald Drake has obviously been the first to fall victim to, you know, the Neffert guidelines, you know, obviously two metres. He was always two metres off his man. So Horan obviously told him that there was no place for him in the team, you know, and that's that's a shame. But, you know, I think you're right, you know, we need to um, we need to try and unearth someone, you know, we need to get... 
you know, a kind of a big guy in there, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe Fergal Bolin could do a job, maybe you could put him in there, he's a big, strong guy, mm. or, do you know, maybe even, you know, you might even get Brian Reap, you know, in there to go mm. back into the full back line, you know, and I, I think something's going to have to be done, because, you know, Leitrim are coming in here, you know, we have to remember the last time, last time we went to Leitrim, we were brought to a penalty shootout, you know, and I think that, that was a very, very uh, close shave for us, so, listen, I, th- I hope Horan now will, you know, maybe get the thinking cap on and maybe get his head out of his arse, you know, and maybe have a plan together. Who knows? We might see Kieran McDonald back playing yet. Is is has he still got a few minutes left? I'd say oh God, I'd say he has. Well he's another guy, he's looking fit. Oh God. He doesn't look a day over twenty nine. I know I'd have him in there. I'd have him in around the another sort of a half back kind of a sweeping half back role. Absolutely. And you know, if I could cut across you there for a minute, TJ, now, mm. I think, and, and I hope I'm not being overly controversial here, and I hope I don't rub anyone up the wrong way, mm. but, you know, considering that, you know, obviously Knockmore were the club who, you know, won the, the Mayo Senior Championship this year, playing a, a brand of real, you know, dirty defensive football, you know, very, very, you know, not very easy on the eye at all, yet... We have none of these defenders, none of these young Knockmore players have got a crack with this Mayo squad at all. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of biases there. The North, the North are rising, Fat Larry. I've noticed that in the last year or two. I, I Look, you know, in our olden days, we can think back to Ballina when they won the, the 10 in a row and back in the 40s and Cross Maline and Knockmore shared a, another 10 or 12 over mm. the 50s, 60s. You know, these were good, good days for the North of Mayo. But over the last 10, 20 years, they've been a horrible mess in terms of creating club teams to go and play in the Mayo Championship. They've been woeful. But this year, they are rising. They're coming, coming strong. And I don't know, I think if James Horn had his ear to the ground, if he was watching that county final, he would have plucked a few of those lads from that team and gone straight into the Mayo team. Absolutely. So I'd say they could, they could yeah. be right to be hurt over that now. And we can even suggest that their counterparts in the final... You know, although they didn't win the final, we can give them some credit for getting there. But it seems in this day and age, the better they do, the more players they get dropped off the panel. Gone were the days when that particular club used to have the whole spine of the team. Absolutely. And I mean, if you look back to that county final you had on the Knockmore side, you know, obviously David McHale, he made a lot of noise in that game, of course. Uh, Marcus Park, he looks Kremlin, a good friend of ours who put on an excellent display on the day, no sign of him in the team. On the other side, then, of course, you've got Dara Marin, who was, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, one of the standout defenders all season in the championship. And, you know, even Keith Mulcrone there as well, you know, doing his stuff all season, yet they don't get the call. And I think, you know, looking at the Tyrone game the last year, there's definitely a need for a bit of fresh blood in there or maybe someone who's sort of half interested in kind of marking a man, you know, because as far as I can see, they're listening to Neffet far, far too much at the minute. And it could get us in trouble. I think we could get in trouble for a lot of things. And we haven't even discussed the county board yet either, so there could be a lot of trouble for us now in a in a short while. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to know where we stand really, you know, after that great win against Galway and that awful performance against Tyrone, you know, it was a real hammering in the end, you know, regulation down to Division 2 for the first time since before Pat Holmes started playing for Mayo, of course, so that's definitely a worry, but, you know, as I think I was reading there, it's 169 days until the last round of the 2021 National League, so who knows, it could be, you know, it could be the shortest stint a team ever had down in Division 2, 
Um, but we're looking a little bit too far ahead there now. I think we need to stay focused on the job at hand. And I suppose we've looked back at this stage and, you know, we've looked, we took a deep, long look at ourselves, you know, and we've looked at the team. And I think now we need to look ahead to what should be a, an unusual game against Leitrim. It's taking place, I believe, on RTE News uh, on Sunday. They have the 12 o'clock Angela's and then the match is going to start immediately Excellent. after that. It is, of course, taking place in, for me, what I would describe as the Coliseum. Of all the GA grounds, the length and breadth of the country, I really think that Pork Shaw McDiarmada just has a special flair to it. And any time that I've been there, I've been overcome with a sensation of love of GAA. And I do think it's heartbreaking on the fans that they won't be able to be there on Sunday. But thanks be to God now we'll be able to watch it at the very least. We, we'd we all love to be there. You know, it's as you said, it's one of these, you know, great, one of the great stadia, I think, the world over, really. You know, it's uh, an absolute uh, footballing hotbed. Of course, Sean McDiarmid himself was a fine footballer in his time before, mm. you know, he was uh, he was shot down. It, it, it's, it's beautiful to see, you know, a character like that is still remembered with such fondness. Um, and I suppose from ourselves, from a stadium name and point of view, you know, our, our stadium, of course, is named after, uh, you know, John McElvery, of course, as well. So, you know, maybe we could take a, maybe a look at our own stadium and maybe that could be up for discussion again, maybe at another stage. But, you know, I'm sure when uh, th- there'll be a better time for that, when maybe the fans come back and stuff like that. But it was great to see that fans or no fans, you know, Mayo still can't manage to get a win at home. So, you know, maybe it is good for us that we're heading to Carrick and Shannon on Sunday. It'll definitely suit us. Now, we do need to talk about practical advice for the Mayo inbreds watching this game at home because it's going to be tough, Fat Larry. If you can't get your message onto the field, you know when you're in the crowd, even if you're in a Crow Park and, you know, you want to say, fucking pick the ball up in Varley or, you know, whatever it happens to be on any Absolutely. given day. The I players can hear liking, you. I always had a liking for calling Killian a bollocks as well, you know, particularly when he misses freeze, you know, but now, not that it happens too often, you know, but... But you're doing it in a constructive it way. You're, it's, it's good for them. It's, it's for good for them. benefit. That's all it is. So now what are we to do when we're not, you know, there? We can't get that message across them. We won't necessarily meet them on the Monday morning walking around the town or whatever as well. So how can Mayo fans cope with this? It's going to be very tough. It's not going to be easy, but I think, you know, the first thing that... The most practical piece of advice that I can give to, you know, any Mayo fan out there, of course, is to maybe just kind of set up your your living space, your living room, maybe to make it a kind of a a, a Mayo uh, friendly environment. So I would suggest maybe, you know, taking out all kinds of ornaments and, you know, it's your your fancy china and this kind of stuff. Your Tom Parsons shrine. Absolutely. Because like I, I wouldn't be suggesting for a minute that you shouldn't, you know, get up and start, you know, flailing your arms around the place and you know, jumping around the place in excitement. So I think just for your own good, it might be something to consider. The other piece of advice I would give, obviously, is even if you can't, you know, see the players, touch the players, you know, you know, you can't get your autograph after either and you can't be heard, I would still chant, you know, the famous chant, the Mayo do-do-do chant, of mm. course, even though it can't be heard, it's very much, you know, appreciated and felt by the players, I think, and they'll be able to feel it, you know, in their hearts. Well, let's have a suggestion, Fat Larry. In the 69th minute of the game against Leitrim, we want every inbred that listens to this podcast and every not well, we want you to take this very seriously. In the 69th minute of the game, we want you to stand up in the middle of your living room, get those hands together, 
and give us uh, one of give us one for all time's sake. Mayo, do do do. Mayo, do do do. Mayo, do do do. And I believe that if we can all do this in our own individual capacity, that the Mayo inbredness and the fever of that will spread throughout the communities. You'll hear it in every estate, every nursing home, every. Mm street the length and breadth of the county town and it might even be heard all the way up in Leitrim and Porkshaw McGermada and if we are in a scrap a last minute scrap and the Mayo team hear us jizzing them on from our own homes it might just inspire them to climax over the line absolutely and you know it's all about making sure that you know when the game is in the melting pot that the players you know know that they're we're right stuck in behind them and you know we're lending them that bit of spunk you know to get them over that uh, over the line you know it's not going to be easy you know these games winter football you know it's going to be tight it's going to be tough it's going to be dirty you know they're going to be getting their you know they're going to be getting their sleeves up and they're going to be you know they're really going to earn this one but you know I think a lot of these players are they're well used to that you know they're as you said they're kind of you know they're crafty they're tough and you know they're, they're able fabulous. to get down and dirty absolutely now, one man that we do have back, and I don't know how you feel about this or how our listeners feel, but I, for one, am very happy. I think we missed him last week. That is, of course, Cock, C-O-C. We missed him badly for the freeze last week. And I suppose it came to me last night when I was thinking about this podcast, something that we probably haven't remarked on before. What an unbelievable career this guy has had. And I think it's disproportionate. Some of the abuse that's levelled at him from you, Fat Larry, and from some other corners in this country, I think it's quite disgraceful. The fact that Cock overtook the gooch in the scoring terms for the All-Ireland Championship I found that deeply ironic that we now have Cock in number one Gooch number two whoever is number three must be a complete asshole uh, I would assume someone like Dean Rock maybe or some prick like that but you're right he is he gets he gets a lot of criticism and you know harshly you know so in, in, in most instances you know but I think it's it's more us kind of setting very very high standards of him you know knowing that he probably is, you know, the best forward we've ever produced. And I think, you know, we only abuse him and, you know, you know, hold him to such a high standard because we know that he's capable of doing more, you know, a lot of narrow misses. And, of course, the record score of all time overtaking the Gooch. You know, we're very proud of our cock. Very eloquently put, Fatlari, as ever. Now, there's just one more thing that we want to discuss before this Leitrim game. And that is something that a lot of people have been in touch with us about it is, of course, Mayo fever. And there's nobody talking about this in Mayo. I haven't heard, you know, Nevis are tied up with COVID or whatever. Mayo General Hospital seem to be very quiet on this issue. But I am reliably informed that the cases are going up day by day. After that Galway game, there was a severe bout of Mayo fever that spread virally throughout the county. Thankfully, after the Tyrone trimming that we got, people kind of got put in their box a small bit and the numbers went down. But, you know, we are coming into November, December, cold winter months and we are going to be getting very riled up about this Mayo team. If they do beat Leitrim, which we do hope they do, I think that's going to be a big turning point for the inbreds and the unwells all around the country. I think Mayo fever is going to start ramping up heavy and I think we're going to need to be very careful about that and very careful with, you know, who we talk about Mayo football with absolutely as you said you got to pick your battles very very carefully and it's also very important that you know the signs as well of course you know obviously the 
the fever sweats and you know the pains in your body that's you know something that you could get from covid or of course mayo fever depending on you know chest pains absolutely you know they could happen to both headaches yeah definitely you know you're listening to your to the inbreds in the stand beside you and you know just the, the anxiety that you feel you know when mayo or in a in a tight in a tight squeeze but I think the two things you have to really look out for, you know, that set Mayo fever apart from, you know, the common cold um, or COVID. And I think it's very important that you know the signs. The first one, of course, is disillusionment. And you really need to make sure that, you know, you keep an eye out for this one. And, you know, you do your best to suppress it because I know it's been a long 69 years and it's been tough on all of us. But, you know, you have to believe that it will come to an end. You know, we will have our pleasure someday and we will have our day in the sun. Also, as well, the one uh, symptom you need to make sure you look out for as well is if you're feeling, you know, any sort of um, attraction for your cousin or one of your close family circle, you know, which, of course, when we're isolating at home these times, you know, you know better than I do. It's It's been tough, you know, you've been kind of, you've been having to make do whichever, which way you can, you know, but you need to make sure that, you know, if you are finding yourself falling in love with your cousin, that maybe, you know, you self-isolate and maybe just... I don't know, maybe get a pint of water and splash yourself in the face or something um, because I think that is the real telltale sign. Thank you very much for that, Fat Larry. I'm sure the listeners will be very appreciative of that excellent advice. Now, at this stage of the podcast, we want to extend a big thank you to the Corja Mayo are back. And you guys are the guys that make this all possible. You've made this all happen. You've helped us keep the wolf from the door in terms of paying our bills We've obviously put the rest of it into savings for when the eventual legal cases begin. And they're coming. They are coming hot and heavy. But we want to, I suppose, thank those of you who have already become patrons of ours and maybe make a suggestion to the other listeners. If you do enjoy the content, if you've got to this stage of the podcast and you like it, you could always hit us up with a little DM. You can just send us a message and we will send you out the link and you can get a Corja Mayor back as well. And what are you entitled to with a Corja Mayor back? Well, I suppose you can set yourself apart from the other inbreds, the commoner garden inbreds, as it were. It's an elusive and exclusive club that you would be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd highly recommend you get one today. Well, listen, if I was sitting at home there now, this deep into the podcast, you know, right stuck deep into it now at this stage and, you know, knowing that you haven't signed up for the Corja Mayo or back, I'd be feeling a little bit guilty, you know, I'd have that kind of, that kind of nagging feeling in the back of my head saying, you know what, I think we, I could probably do with, you know, getting on board and as TJ said there, if you do, you know, some of the perks you've got, the direct line to myself, to TJ, to all the guys, you know, you can get us up at any time, night or day, whenever, you know, a, some sort of Mayo query is on your mind, you know, there'll be the odd, I'm sure the next couple of weeks are going to be very busy, you know, the the Mayo, um, the Mayo content machine has been working on overdrive of late and I'm sure there'll be some exclusive, you know, content and fan um, exclusives coming that way, so I, I'd definitely be getting on board for sure. Yeah, and as look, Christmas is coming up, it's only around the corner, there's going to be a big demand, you know, with the going to be hard to get the dream presents that your little inbred in your life wants so maybe a Corja Mayo or back card could be a nice little consolation for them and if you ever need business cards or any other sort of little cards get on to adc.ie now Fat Larry politics some people say that sports and politics should not mix I on the other hand think that they go hand in hand together and we want to just 
talk a little bit of shit about the current political sphere in Ireland today, I think. Absolutely. Well, I suppose, you know, you could almost say that, you know, Mayo football, more than a lot of counties, seems to be a kind of a, a microcosm for, you know, the, the political uh, situation at large. And I think, you know, definitely in 2020, it's been... Gee, it's all been a bit of a shit show, really. But that's, of course, nothing that we haven't seen before here in Mayo GA circles, you know. A lot of people have suggested as well, you know, that, uh, you know, the Mayo County Board is somewhere you go when, you know, you don't meet the level, you know, you, you can't get into the doll, you, you don't get the county council seat, well, you can get a seat on the county board, you know. So I think the two of them, as you said, you're dead right, go hand in hand. One thing that I suppose a lot of people have been chatting about recently is, you know, uh, Deputy Dinall and his performance. Uh, what have you made of it over the last couple of weeks? Absolutely shocking, to be quite honest with you, Fat Larry. Now, before I say anything, I want to tell all listeners that I haven't fact-checked this story whatsoever. So I'm really just speaking from the gut here. But according to all accounts, last Thursday night, Anil Dinall, Derek Celery, the disgraced Dara Celery and the ringer, Michael Rain, were three of numerous amounts of TDs that passed a couple of bills that we took a little bit of exception to. One of them, of course, was to seal off the mother and baby home records from Toome for 30 years. And the other one was to pass a motion that allows them to evict people from their homes who are struggling with income over the next six months, including Christmas. And it made me sit up and just think, I would say that a lot of the inbreds listening to this podcast probably voted for one, two or all three of those guys. Mm -hmm. And I would ask those listeners to think about whether they think that these politicians are serving their purpose. Because for me personally, Fat Larry, I have to say, I thought it was an absolute disgrace. You know, the fact that this unerected gang of bureaucrats including the two most horrible political parties you could ever come across, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, followed up by the absolute shambles that are the Greens, all hopped into bed together. They're all in there scratching each other's backs, rubbing each other's sacks, the type of thing that makes me absolutely sick to the pit of my stomach. And I suppose just to reiterate to those listeners, you know, if you did vote for any of these guys, get on to them, let them know that you're not that happy with their decisions. You know, what I think is ironic as well is that, you know, as you mentioned there about, you know, the bill, which would allow people to be evicted from their homes, you know, I think we could also suggest that if that was extended to, you know, county boards around the county, that maybe we ourselves would be evicted from our homes, seeing as, you know, we're not able to, you know, pay our bills and stuff like that. So I It's a shame, Fat Larry, that they didn't have this rule in place back in 2015, and maybe we wouldn't have had our homes evicted from the Mayo management setup. Yes, absolutely. But you know, it's great that you know uh, people can be evicted from their homes. But I think it's very, very important that the taxpayer would make sure that you know uh, GA stadiums around the county would be paid off and stuff like that. I think that's definitely more important. So thanks to uh, the powers that be for that one for sure. Uh, listen, it's uh, it's a bit of a shit show. I think the whole thing is. I think even the GA have uh, you know a lot to answer for with all the you know we've seen with the. The celebrations and the you know the danger they've been causing people of the the general public over the last couple of weeks and months. I think it's uh, listen. On one hand, it's great that we've got you know a championship to talk about, and you know it gives us kind of a little bit of relief. But at the same time, it's uh, you know are they just throwing their weight around a little bit too much? People will have their own opinions on that. I'm sure. We let them know at the polls now. 
we want to quickly step off that topic. We know some of you are not here for politics. You're just here for far more inbred reasons. And to those of you that are that way inclined, we put the message out on our Instagram at Mayo or Back. We said, do you have any questions? This is the last leg of what's been a real whirlwind, a festival of inbreeding of a podcast. And this is the last leg of that where we extended open arms to the punters and said, what do you want to talk about first up? Now this, again, someone that didn't really understand what was going on. Not a question, more of a statement, but a statement worth mentioning nonetheless. It's just simple as four words, straight up. Not enough brafy lads. I absolutely agree with that sentiment. I absolutely agree with it. I think it's a disgrace there's not more of them. Listen, the way it kind of, I I like how he, uh, you know, didn't get the whole question part and just came straight out there, stage his mind. I think it's important. If you've got an opinion, you should put it out there. Not enough bravey lads. Listen, they've been good to us over the last couple of years. Hopefully, you know, as he said, we might get a a Dara Moran in there. You never know, maybe a a Conor O'Shea even. Look, if you agree with that or disagree with that, this is a forum for all inbreds and all comments to be made and they'll all be given lots of airtime on this show. Now, we'll move swiftly on. A really pertinent question. A question that keeps me up at night and gets me up in the morning and a question that's hard for me to think about is how can Mayo win Connacht without Homelli? It's a question that unfortunately we don't have the answer for and um, the facts are pretty black and white on this one we since been relegated as well you know Homelli won a league title for Mayo back in 2001 the short answer is it's going to be extremely difficult but I will say nice to see Aidan O'Shea a play out of the Homelli playbook put him back on the edge of the square who knows a bit of magic could happen next up there's a question that asks, are you in favour of extending the lockdown all the way up until Christmas in order to curb the spread of Mayo fever? Well, listen, I think that all depends on what happens over the next couple of weeks. You know, as we know, Mayo fever is very much dependent on what our boys do on the field. You know, it could, uh, you know, it all depends if they can bring that bit of spunk and the bit of jizz, you know, to the game again in Carrick and Shannon on Sunday and bring that on again to the Roscommon game. Listen, I think if we get over Roscommon, I think it's going to be very, very hard to contain the spread. Do I think there should be a lockdown? You know, maybe we might need to put our players into a, a hotel. I'm sure they might put them up in Brafie House or somewhere. Well, it would be so, nice to see the players in the hotel rather than just the county board executives. Absolutely. That's what I think I was thinking along similar lines myself. So, look, the money is there. Someone's staying in hotels. Why not let the players do it? Now, there's only one last topic I want to chew your ear over. And this has been basically the question on the tips of everybody's tongues. And we had a plethora of questions in about this one guy. And I suppose we'll get started off with this one that came in. It says, Fat Larry, whether you know this or not now, I don't know. What shampoo and conditioner does Mark Moran use? I can only assume, now I don't know the brand, I can only assume it's a similar one to what we would have seen from... You know Tom Parsons over the last couple of years. You know it's great to see Tom. I suppose him being an experienced, you no know, member of the squad. He's obviously passing knowledge and experience. Do you think that of, happens, Fat? As in, you know, older guys with the experience of Tom Parsons, he puts the hand around Mark Moore and he hands him a little tub of a mousse, mousse gel wax that gives him that luscious, luscious locks. That both of those guys are two guys that you'd want to rub your hands through their hair, and it'd be hard to stop there. Well, it's it's. 
clear this fingerprints are all over the team, you know, because it's not just, you know, obviously Mark Moore and you've got Ushi Mullen there this year. You know, Tom is really helping these guys along and is kind of passing on that knowledge, you know, and it's great to see. And I mean, it's very, very good for us fans. Very, very easy on the eye. And I mean, it doesn't make watching Mayo play easy, but it, I suppose it does in a good way. It's, you know, it's not the worst complaint to have. I could say it's easy to watch and it, you're hard when you're watching it, but it's just, you know, it's wonderful to see. And the last listener question that came in, and I thought this one was very well phrased, on a scale of Joe Brawley to Tom Parsons, how good looking is Mark Bourne? Fabulous. Mm. He's right up there. I mean, he's on, on the scale, the Joe Brawley to Tom Parsons scale, you know, he has to be, you know, we're not going to say he's a Tom Parsons. Far yes. from it. You've, got, you've got a lot to prove. Listen... Tom has been, you know, magic. Mark Moore, a young guy, only was 19 years of age. Got a lot of time left and hopefully, you know, he seems to have the class. He seems to have the looks, you know, and, you know, I'm sure Tom will be, you know, helping him along and who knows, give him a bit of time. Now, at this stage, we should leave it there. I feel like we've got through a lot. Let's hope and pray, listeners, that Mayo can keep up their end of the bargain and get through the Leitrim game. As we've always said, down through the years, back to 2016 or whatever which way, we've always said that ourselves and the Mayo football team need to have a symbiotic relationship where, you know, one of us can lift the other up and when we both play well, we both thrive together. And we're looking for them to keep up their end of the bargain. And if they do, and we'll keep up our end of the bargain with another podcast. And if any of you listeners out there would like to feed back to us or get on to us or abuse us of course our our lines are always open you can get us on instagram or twitter at mayo or back we'd like to thank everyone for their continued listenership and followership and let's hope this is the start of you know a winter of fun where a little mayo run a little six or seven week mayo run here now fat larry it's it has my mouth watering not just my mouth it has me watering all over well it has me you know right riled up now and ready to go and as you said there it's no, you know, it's no surprise that when we're producing podcasts, May we're playing well, you know, it's the two go hand in hand. So listen, hopefully it goes well for us. Up Mayo and Mayo do do do. Out onto the pitch many times to represent Mayo. The people of Mayo deserve a voice that's willing to fight and call out wrongdoing in their interests. I'm Alan Dillon. I'm Alan Dillon. I'm Alan Dillon. And I'm asking for your number one vote. I'm Alan Dillon, and I'm asking for your number one vote. Oh no! I'm Alan Dillon. Oh no! And I'm asking for your number one vote. Oh no! So, so awful. Oh, this is just cruel. What do we have to do? So, so awful. You know, this is a culmination of a, of a couple of a couple of weeks hard work. It's cruel, it's like getting an awful injection and it's not stopping, it just keeps on going.